be Merrick. Ha ha. Hello and welcome to The Jerick Show. I, as always, am Javad Malik, and today we have got a new and improved co-host. It is the one and only CISO of Canon Europe, Mr. Quentin Taylor. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Jav. I say welcome. I've actually come and raided Quentin's um, little uh, office space to, to, to be with him today. Um, unfortunately, uh, we couldn't completely get rid of uh, Eric, so joining us is... From from uh, from across the pond, Eric Crone. Uh, how you doing? Actually, no one cares. Right. So, Quentin, what are we talking about today? So, I thought we were going to talk today a little bit about SIM swap and the uh, impacts that can have. Uh, we can also talk about uh, FBI issued an alert about um, people using potentially uh, uh, doorbell camera doorbell footage to spy on the police. And I think the main topic I want to cover is this awesome information security magazine front cover and it is great it is great and i kind of recognize i mean i'm not sure like who tom lang who are they but there's a problem here which is it's missing something it's missing me so if you want i'll generate a special version of this one with my picture stuck in in various places so you oh, can, you can do like a regional, a special one. Yeah, like a regional version, right, Quentin? So, so, so you know how like B side started off because like people didn't get their own. Um, well, they they find it tough to get into places like DefCon or Black Hat to get speaking slots. So it was like, hey, we can all get together and we can talk about cool stuff that necessarily. So you could make your very own rejects version of Info Security. I prefer magazine. B sides. I prefer and, Info and, Security uh, magazine B sides. So it could be yourself. It could be Eric. It could be my good friend Andy. Uh, you know, all, all these people on it who, who aren't ever asked. Who are cruelly? Who are cruelly not there? Yeah. So anyway, um, Sim Swap. Yeah. No. No. So um, Sim Swap. Everyone knows what it is. Everyone knows that it's basically where a uh, a criminal manages to convince a mobile phone company that they are you and get a brand new Sim uh, allocated, which means they can take over your phone. And I wanted to give you a bit of a story about where this actually becomes really, really quite serious. A very good friend of mine had it happen to him recently, uh, and thieves. Now he did manage to get the money back, but thieves got over eighty thousand uh, pounds, um, which. To be honest, um, in today's day and age, this isn't big corporates we're talking here. Apparently, they're now starting to go after the, the smaller companies where the owner is the accountant, is the person on the tools as well. And the devastating impact this can have for companies. And it's interesting that in the US, uh, Verizon have now starting to come up with some tools where potentially they can make it a lot uh, a lot more authentication is required and to prevent SIM swap attacks from occurring because mm -hmm. I think they're pretty much getting endemic no matter where you are in the world. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, this has actually been a scourge for a long time for telecom providers, uh, cellular providers. This is not something that's new, but it continues to happen, which is the frustrating piece. And I know a lot of people in the cryptocurrency markets, they use this uh, the text base like an SMS uh, second factor to help secure their accounts. And so they've become very targeted attacks against SIM swapping to the point that here in the US, I believe it was T-Mobile and AT&T were actually targeting, uh, their reps were being targeted in even the independent source because they had access to the tools to be able to do the SIM swap. So it, it's a big deal and obviously impacting a lot of people. Now, I like to say that doesn't mean MFA is dead or you shouldn't do it at all. 
you know, it adds that extra little bit of difficulty, but it's certainly not foolproof as your friend found out, right? No, and the impact can be absolutely ginormous. And I think that's the big difference is when we're used to working in criminal attacks against big corporations that either have insurance or have a turnover such that that amount of money in reality is can be thought of as a, a blip and they'll make it back immediately. But really it kind of brought it home to me when you're talking to a small business owner who's saying, um, that's that's our entire working capital for for a little for a, for a small amount of time. So it really is quite uh, serious. And then and then it was also was reported as well as when you start informing your suppliers to say, hey, be really careful. I've been a victim of SIM swap fraud. What did one of them do? They closed his account because they go, well, now you're a high business risk. And he's like, right. So are you trying to finish me off here? Because you close my account. You're the main supplier of these things I need. And now you're saying I'm a credit risk, even though I'm not in any arrears with you. Mm. And they say, oh, sorry, computer says because you're a victim of crime, therefore you're a credit risk, therefore we don't extend wow. the credit to you. So this kind of like tumbling effect can occur. And thankfully to him, we managed to get it all resolved. But it could be a really, really serious uh, um, incident. And these are ordinary people. These are not InfoSec pros dealing with this. These aren't IT people. These are just mm. ordinary people who, who are tradespeople. Yeah, yeah. And I think the problem is that these ordinary people, they're told, hey, enable this and it will secure your account. So they're, they're putting a lot of faith into the systems that, that are built there. So I think absolutely having those uh, uh, extra checks and controls on, on the supplier and the, 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 the mobile phone providers end is, is critical because, um, you know, like, like, you know, it's such a common way of authentication now. Yeah um you know it's uh banks do it and and, every, and and i get it it's it's convenient it's easy but it's not true two-factor it's two-step uh authentication if you want to get i i know yeah eric rolls his eyes because he he, he doesn't get it we have to simplify. well I, I would argue that that doesn't necessarily mean two-step honestly um it is two-factor but it is oh. not a the most secure second factor. that would be my argument it's two-step because um, it the 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 inf it's something you know and something you know and it's not tied to that device. Yes, it, you're right. It, it, can it is tied to the device end. though exactly. through the SIM card, and that's why the SIM swapping makes the difference. We may just have to agree to disagree on this. No, um, no, we don't have to agree to disagree. We agree <laughs> that you're wrong, but it's okay. I'll send you a diagram afterwards, and we, we well, can remember that we're focusing on SIM swapping. Yeah, but if you've got a person on the inside working for the mobile phone shop, mm -hmm. you can transfer a telephone number from SIM A to SIM B. Yep. So you don't even need to swap the SIM. You can just literally just divert the calls. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I think it, what people misunderstand is these attackers are really good and they're set yeah. up to ready to rock and roll. So the instant they get it. Yeah. They and are. some of the issues I was talking about with the T-Mobile, um, they were actually getting into the tools. They would swap it long enough to be able to intercept the code mm. and then they would swap it back to the phone. So the victim would absolutely not know that this had happened to them. So, yeah, yeah very, very, uh, very tricky way of doing that. And the victim would be found totally liable because the, as far as the third party is concerned, they would say there is no evidence of SIM swap. Yeah. Um, we send a code through to it comes through to your phone. Therefore, you are fully on the hook for all of these losses. Yeah. Yeah. And and, and you make an interesting point about the attackers being more careful uh, or, or more professional. And uh, I, I just recently finished Jeff White's book. It, it's a fantastic read. It's called Crime.com. And uh, he goes through a lot of the history of, of hacking, starting from the I love you bug all the way up to modern days. And, and there was that fundamental shift where 
these things are no longer operated by by hackers or quote mm. unquote or, or people who are just curious or people who may be looking to make a bit of money. The organized crime has moved in and they're applying all of their techniques and all of their 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 tradecraft that they've learned over the years to the digital realm. So that's why they they are particularly malicious in their in their attacks. That's very so, impressive. Not the book, but the fact that you can read. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, let's move on now. This is another story that you uh, you bought. Let me bring it up. Yeah. This so this system. is about um, the FBI releasing a uh, an alert, and this is kind of ironic. They released an alert to say to warn uh, police forces and FBI agents about. Um, people watching and being pre-alerted to the raid by a ring doorbell. Because, of course, if you are assembling your uh, your mysterious, your universal key, your big door smasher outside, uh, and your entire team, and apparently they were doing this, and a, um, a person they wished to apprehend was sitting inside going, there's, there's movement at your door, and looked at the app and went, oh, yes, there'd be like 12 FBI agents, fully armed, and a door smasher. Um, and they were just alerting people to the fact or alerting their own people that, yeah, people might be aware if there's a ring doorbell sitting there, people may be completely aware that you're standing outside. Kind of seems obvious. But what's ironic about this is that there have been allegations that potentially there's been uh, back end access to this footage granted uh, to certain police departments. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's the reason why they've been so vociferous in trying to push certain products into certain neighborhoods. Um, and I was just saying to you just off camera, off, ironically, even right here in West London, and I don't believe this is the case here, but our local neighborhood watch has had a discount on certain uh, doorbells, video doorbells for the, like, the last two to three years. Now, there's then no allegation that they're obviously getting access to the footage at all, but they're pushing them out as an anti-crime feature. Mm -hmm. But I do know here they do have a thing where they want you to or it's voluntary, but register that you do have a camera and this is what it covers. Just so that if they're then trying to investigate crime, they know who to phone up or who to email to ask for footage. Right. So ubiquitous right. surveillance cuts both ways. Yeah, yeah. And, and it's super interesting because I, I know the focus here is on Ring, but there's so many cheap, cheaper or other brands that, that do exactly the same thing. They'll, it's got motion sensors on it. It'll trigger you. Well, know, as you walked into this building here, there's a... There's a camera literally on the corner of that building here surveilling the whole garden. Yeah, that's why I, I, I was doing that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to, to to thwart the facial recognition. But uh, but yeah, I, I think it is ironic that that the police are worried about that kind of thing when it could be anyone. I mean, back in the day, it would be like a, a little kid they'd put on the on the street corner. All my knowledge about America is from Hollywood movies, but there'd be a, a little kid. With a playing, mobile phone. Yeah, playing basketball. And then, then they'll like phone up and say, hey, hey Uncle Eric, Uncle Eric, the, the feds are here. So, um, so yeah, have, have you seen much of that? Do you have a, a ring doorbell, Eric? I do, I do. And I have never seen a bunch of FBI agents outside of it. Um, you know, it is interesting here. Like we have a, uh, there's a neighborhood program through Ring that allows you to look at like crime in the neighborhood. And you can easily share things around the area. And I see that on occasion mm. um, where it's like, hey, can you identify this person? And sometimes it's the poor person just not, you know, walking around door to door trying to sell you new windows or something else you don't need. Um, but it's interesting to see that, you know, they're using that as a sort of a neighborhood watch, if you will, in many ways. Now, technically the difference I think um, between let's say using the ring to capture motion 
and my cameras that I actually have outside, and I use what's called Blue Iris as a backend, and it will do like MQTT or other alerts uh, if it sees motion. The difference is the ease of use and uh, the ability to then gain access to those uh, those video clips in the cloud make the big difference there because very easily my very same IP cameras could pick up something like that, you know, oh, look, hey, look, it's a bunch of SWAT trucks in my front yard, you know, it could alert me of that very easily through my home automation stuff. Uh, the difference is I still have all of the, the video here on premise. And so this is another actually situation where we don't always know where our information is going per se. And if you're saying the police departments are able to access some of this, um, what are the checks and balances involved in that? It's kind of like doing the ALPR, the automated license plate recognition parts. You know, who has access to that? Um, why do they need it? And is everybody aware that everybody has access to this? Those are all great questions brought up by this stuff. Yeah, yeah. And, and there, there's this video I saw, and I think it was a bit of a parody one. It's not legit, but it's someone's uh, saying, oh, on the iPhone, there's this feature like, hey, Siri, I'm being pulled over by the police. And then it, it kicks off a series of events. It's like, okay, uh, like making the screen uh, brightness down to zero, turning on recording, automatically uh, texting your, your, your attorney, uh, sending your GPS location. Uh, but I mean, it was sent as a joke, but I think it's such a... I did see an app for that, actually. Yeah. Genuinely an oh, app. Right. And it was designed to be that if you were being arrested, it would then say turn on the things. It would turn on recording and stream it up to the cloud. Yeah. Um, and then it would also turn off face recognition and um, fingerprint recognition. Right. So that then they couldn't just hold the phone in front of your face to get it open. Yeah. You'd have to put the code in. Mm. Mm. So that genuinely was an app on Apple on the App Store at least at one stage. Okay. It ran when the French protests were going on. That's when I saw it being pushed. Right. Mm. Right. And and I think this kind of thing is easy to cobble together. Mm. So you, you could easily trigger. So even if it's, you know, your ring doorbell just tells you, you could say, okay, that looks like Fed. And then it's like, Alexa, the Feds are here. And that would trigger off a whole series of events. By the way, there is an Alexa just over there. So whatever Alexa, the Feds are here does, she's going to talk in a minute. <laughs> I know. I, I did notice it. And that's why I specifically said Alexa. <laughs> but, so uh, yeah. Well, there are actually good things that can come from these as well. Like in, yeah. in my home automation setup, I actually have it set up where if it detects motion at my front door, it automatically turns on my outside lights. Um, the ones overhead right there and the ones up on my garage. Uh, so there are some cool things you can do with these motion detection detecting features. Um, and, you know, we have seen some some interesting things. Uh, our neighborhood had uh, a rash of younger kids running around ringing doorbells and taking off in the middle of the night. Um, and of course, you know, you get the picture of the kid going up on the doorbell now, um, you know, and, and so that was able to help identify some of that. So there are pros and cons to that. Our neighborhood watch the other day was uh, um, somebody had had some stones thrown at their house and the message was sent around saying, could you just ask your children? Um, their faces are very clearly on camera. And if they want to go around and apologize and pay for the damage, that'll all be sorted. Oh. And I thought, wow. Yeah, Either that's yeah. a big double bluff or that's someone going, you know what, mm. just, just be honest about this. Yeah. yeah, my days of leaving flaming poo on people's doorsteps and ringing the doorbell are over now, I just got to say. You just can't do these things anymore. No. There's too many. But I'll tell you one thing I do like about on the home automation. So like I've got a, a smoke alarm in here, which obviously is linked to all of the other smoke alarms. 
So if any smoke alarm in the whole property goes off, all of them go off, and then they all tell me where the one that's going off is. Mm -hmm. So it is quite funny if you're on a conference call and someone's cooking something in the house, sausages or whatever else, and you go, <laughs> there's smoke in the land in the hallway, and you go, oh, right, yes, yes. <laughs> that's great. Anyway, we will discuss more home automation features in the future, I'm sure. <laughs> uh, we've, we've got way over our time, but I think it's, I think you'll agree that it's been fantastic having guests. Uh, please leave a comment below if we agree that we should just replace Eric for Quentin, and it'll just be an easy. Oh, set thank up. you. No, no, I mean we already agreed that that's what it was going to yes, be. Yes. You are. You have told him, haven't you? He knows now. Okay, good. I, I better get severance pay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and uh, and yeah, and, and then also sign the petition to get Quentin put on the uh, the Muppets cover. Because <laughs> it does look like the intro to the Muppet Show. Everyone in their little boxes, like singing. Away. I thought it was blank, blank. Actually, oh, I thought it was going to just be sitting there as the contestants and go, and I'll ask that person to answer the question for me. <laughs> Did Blanky Blank make it to America? I have no idea what that is, so I'm going to go with probably not. You want to go and quickly go on YouTube for Blanky Blank? It was a wonderful uh, show. You yeah. could win the Blanky Blank checkbook and pen. Yes. <laughs> that's a life goal right i know i, I know. never found out the checkbook inside there was actually filled and whether you could spend money or oh, it was a checkbook cover yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> as a child i assumed it was like infinite money yeah yeah sorry we're digressing again cool all right then thank you very much for joining us all we'll see you again next week on the jerick show or or the the uh Jav Q show or the, the Q. We'll work on the work. I'll be back. Jacuzzi. In fact, we can do it in a jacuzzi. This would be like the Naked Security Podcast. Oh, no, I don't want to be on that one. No, no, no. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we're, we're ending it there. See you next week.